0: Welcome to the Road to Cinema podcast, featuring a press conference with actor and director John Krasinski and actress Margot Martindale, as they discuss their new film, The Hollers, which opens in limited release on Friday, August 26th. In this new comedy drama, John Krasinski, who's the star of the film and also directs, is a frustrated artist who returns to his small hometown after learning of his mother's illness who is played by the great Margot Martindale. The film also features performances from Anna Kendrick, Richard Jenkins, and Josh Groban. And stay tuned for the press conference as John shares some advice given to him by George Clooney when he knew he wanted to direct films. Don't forget to write us a nice review on the iTunes podcast page under the Road to Cinema podcast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Jog Road Productions, follow us on Twitter at Jog Road, Instagram at Jog Road Productions. Like our Facebook page, Jog Road Productions. And now we jump right into the press conference featuring John Krasinski, actor and director, and actress Margot Martindale discussing their new film, The Hollers, which opens in limited release on Friday, August 26. Hi.
1: Uh, for me, I signed on as an actor about six or seven years ago f- uh, because I don't think I've signed on to anything as fast. It was a really well-written script, and I, I think there's a lot of family movies out there, and and I had no intention of being in a family movie or doing anything derivative until I read Jim's script and realized that's the way to tell a family story. So I signed on immediately, and then four years later, as often happens with these small movies, they—he, the financier at the time couldn't get it made and asked if I'd buy the script outright and make it myself. So I was... i That's a... Pretty big undertaking, but I didn't hesitate for this one just because the script was so good. And what was your
2: question for you? What was it like? Who also spoke after? Oh well. Uh, a, a dream, absolutely. He's a dream as a director. He, he, you didn't know if he was the actor, director, director, actor, because it never, it was seamless. And uh, John uh, gave lots of time between things. I guess you didn't say cut. We were in a bubble. We, uh, um, and we would talk about the scenes between takes of, of the scenes that we were in. And uh, d- discuss them like actors, but obviously he was—he was—he uh, was also talking like a director. But um, he's terrific. He knows exactly what he wants. He knows he knew he did. He knew this. This he knew the movie he wanted to make, and I think he did a phenomenal job.
1: Thank you.
3: Because uh, <laughs> I and a part of I wanted to ask, um, you have a great model of you when you're in
2: the hospital there and you paint so vividly. The images you talk about,
0: and I was curious what went into preparing that
3: particular
2: model. Um, I learned it,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then I let it happen, and John wrote it.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was one of the only scenes I, I actually wrote into the script because uh, it was based on an experience that my dad had talked about. So it was bringing a personal spin to it that uh, I talked to Margo about, and it was just a really special thing to put in there. <clears throat> I think you know one of the things I hope for this movie is that uh, you connect to this movie uh, because it relates to your own family, that the people in the movie stop being the family in the movie, and it starts to become projections of your own family. And so I think... Innately, we put a lot of different stuff on our, uh, from our own families into this movie, and so that was a very particular thing I put into the movie.
2: It's, it's a beautifully written, uh, um, um, I guess, monologue-ish. Uh, and uh, I, and I, think, I, think, I think probably that was one of the more—you gave me more and more direction on that. Yes. Because I needed to know where he wanted it to land— it was, uh, it was, a uh, and how he wanted to, uh, where I was coming from, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. why was I saying this. Right. So uh, we talked a lot about it, and John, and we, and I think I probably did that more than any, I don't know, but it, it was, uh, I think you did,
1: I th- it was also a one, we were pushing in for, oh right, long
2: yeah, long yeah, long yeah, yeah, long
1: long long yeah, yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, I mean, I think it was that thing, it was, it was a pretty new ad- addition to the script, and so. Margaret was very good to ask where it was coming from because she knew it was personal. So.
3: Yeah. Hi, how are you? Good.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think men need to be pushed. I think your word of being a fact is... Accurately put, I think it is a fact. <laughs> um, everybody knows it, so therefore it's a fact. Um, I certainly need to be pushed, and, and I have no better person to do it than my wife. So I'm, I'm lucky in that count. And then as far as why I chose this movie, again, I had no intention, like I said earlier, I had no intention of doing a family movie first. It just spoke to me. Like I said, the, the best compliment I could get on the movie is that when you leave, you feel like that was your family. You feel connected, that there's something in there You don't have to have a family member going through the illness that we're going through or have a brother that's kind of crazy. It's just there's something more nuanced in there that I think connects to everybody, and that's certainly why I I decided to jump on to this project because I think this is the type of movie that doesn't get made very often. I used to watch these movies a lot. Uh, Terms of Endearment specifically, I think, is a movie I thought of. And um, so when people ask me what I want for this film, I, I always say that I hope everybody goes and sees it. And normally, as an actor pushing a movie... You have to say that, in this case, having nothing to do with being a director or an actor, I hope more people see it because I want to see the next one. I want to see what the next director, cast, and writer does with movies that I think are going back to strong, simple things like family in a world that's pretty chaotic. It's nice to know that the simplicities is where our strengths are. Nice to meet you.
3: Mhm. Was any of that because um, obviously your
2: character he's struggling with becoming a father, mm-hmm. in terms with that, and then at the end his biggest fear he mentions that he
3: doesn't want to be a failure to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, did anything from the character affect
1: you personally in vice A hundred percent. So the only other scene that I wrote was the scene between Anna and I in that hospital. <clears throat> when I signed on as an actor six or seven years ago, I obviously didn't have kids, so I connected to it just because I related to it I think the way that I hope audiences do, which is just related to my family. Then um, when we started shooting as a director, it was, uh, my daughter was four and a half months old. So to say that my understanding of the script was vastly different would be the understatement of the century. I was completely and totally uh, uh, connected to the script in a whole new way. And yes, I understood the idea of a man at the doorstep of being a father. But more than that, I understood the the sort of existential magic connection between family. So I understood my parents better after having a baby. I understood my brothers better. I understood. I started thinking about things like having a family name and being from a, a group of people, lineage, big things like that. So I was probably working a lot of stuff out in this movie. Um, <laughs> but that, but that scene in particular about being a failure, I I, I think that I'm in, certainly in a much more. Um, Uh, fortunate position than my character was. I'm lucky to have a whole lot of things that um, I honestly didn't deserve. I just got really lucky. Um, But with that, I really loved that this movie, certainly for me, it had nothing to do with your level of success as a person it had everything to do with your internal journey as a person and i think the questions that are being asked aren't am i can i afford to have kids or am i a cool enough dad it's all about the big question of like now that i have someone that i'm responsible for am i am i someone that wants to am i good enough to be responsible for this person and and i my dad's my hero in every single way and i think if i can be a quarter of the guy that he is i win for me so that's my internal struggle, is can I be as, uh, the best person I can to my daughters? W- w- any questions that they ask, am I really the right guy for it? All those things. Those were the bigger questions for me. So, yeah, so I just, I think that's the feeling of letting someone down if, if you're not a good enough father. But those were just the in, in, initial feelings I had having a, a, a daughter. Not I luckily have worked through those, and now I feel a lot more confident. He, he's very well-spoken, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You didn't see there was a ticker tape behind you. I was reading that whole thing. Even the ums and ahs. It was like. Um, Hi, Rebecca for cinemacy.com. I was wondering, what was the biggest challenge for you, John, taking on the role
0: of actor and director on
1: this project? For me, this one was really easy, to be honest. And I don't mean that to sound obnoxious. I mean that it was actually it was actually vital for me to be an actor, in my opinion. I think that the the, the most important thing about this movie is it has to feel like your family. If it doesn't feel like your family in some way, shape, or form, then, you know, it had to feel like your family. It had to feel like your hometown. That little diner had to feel like some version of a diner or something that you used to do with your family. I think there's something that was universally connecting about this script. So for me, the most important thing is that the family feels like a real family, and I don't know how it happened. I, I truly haven't had this experience where it, it was some weird magic that we just became that family. I've had as deep conversations you know with margo and richard than i have probably with my real family it's it's it was a beautiful thing and so to be the actor getting to not call cut i didn't get to i didn't have to call cut we would have small conversations like margo was saying we'd have small intimate conversations and go again the beauty of having great actors is they're the first person to tell you i didn't hit that i want to hit this other thing so instead of calling cut and if I right now just yelled cut and walked out of the room and came back 10 minutes later, this interview would be weird. So I, I, felt, I felt the same way about those scenes. I wanted to keep them intimate and in a bubble and in the moment, so that's, that was the beauty of being the actor in this situation.
3: Hi, I'm Sam from N-Stars, big fan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, so I was wondering, what kind of chemistry did you share with Anna Kendrick when you were filming together, not just acting with her, but directing her as well?
1: Um, Anna, like everybody else in the movie, is specifically fantastic at what she does. She's a true professional. And I think what another thing that most people don't know about Anna is she was shooting Pitch Perfect 2 every single day that we were shooting. So on her only day off, she drove from New Orleans to Jackson, Mississippi to be in our movie. That says two things. One, she's very good at her job. She's dedicated. She knows what it means to be a professional. But two, she supports films like this, and that's a very important thing for her that essence comes out in everything you do with her so all my scenes there was probably a little bit of behind me every acting performance that was thanking her through my eyes for doing this you know you really understand what it takes for someone to make a commitment like that to you and I really appreciated it um working with her is easy she literally only had one day a week to come down and pop in so with the drive time I think we had her for several hours and she's one of the only actors out there that can come in and nail it in those few hours and go home she again she was totally on her own i didn't need to give her um any direction just like i didn't need to give Margot. i was i was really every all the audiences who are seeing this are second to me being the best audience right there on the day i was just in the front row watching these amazing performances my
3: name is Ron K. reason with zliving.com both of you I was just telling Margo before you got here that I've never laughed and cried so much in one week. Oh, thank you. That's so awesome. That's a great compliment. And I really feel like it, felt, it spoke to me because I, actually, I was actually like seven months pregnant when my mother was having brain surgery. No so as soon as I came in and I saw it, i just I like, oh, oh gosh. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to ask you, John, um, you talked about this being your directorial debut and, and being a dad and being a working dad. And what I loved about your character is that he was so Present for all of his family members, whatever they were going through, whatever the dysfunction or whatever. And I wanted to know, as a working dad, now a director and an actor, has this film taught you anything about being present for your own family? How do you balance? How are you juggling that all? Wow,
1: good question. Big questions. Um, I, Like I said, my dad is my hero. I mean, both my parents are my hero. I mean, my dad's my hero as a father. So um, I was lucky enough to be brought up in the most loving situation so i can't not bring my kids up in the same situation one of the sacrifices and there are very few i mean let's be honest this is a fantasy camp this life is not real so to say like i have complaints about it would be insane one of the adjustments that you have to make is that when you do go away you go away for a while and so you have to figure it out i'm not the first actor that's raised a family so i know that there are other people who've done it before me Also, my friends who are in business travel all the time for business, and they don't see their kids. So I'm not unique or special to this situation, and yet it doesn't stop me wanting to make sure I'm the best at it for me. So I try to spend every single second I can with my kids, and I mean every single second. So um, when I'm not working, I'm just at home, and it's the best. I mean, it sounds like a canned line, but I'm one of those believers that canned lines often sound like can lines because they're true because a lot of people say it and and I I love nothing more than being in a small pop-up tent with my daughter in our living room uh, playing you know whatever she wants to play so it's it's been it's been amazing but it is a challenge and I think moving forward the 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 uh, opportunity I've been afforded with my wife is that hopefully we can start switching off and planning for it you know you can start planning for one of us will always be there for our kids which um, which again I, I hope we can achieve. Margot, I want to say, you were a revelation in this. What drew you to the script? You were Please so... We print the word it. revelation because I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. It's so sweet.
2: Um, uh, the, the, the script. Uh, Jim Strauss wrote a script that was uh, uh, an honest and um, surprising and edgy and messy uh, look at life and a family. And, uh, and, and John asked me, would I do it? And that, that's really... The script and John, that that's I'm am
1: there. <laughs> well, to speak uh, to speak on <clears throat> what we get out of her, and it says it on the poster, which is very rare. But you get to have a poster where they say she's one of the best actors on the planet. Well, and I always tell this story, but there's a reason why I tell it because I learned so much being around her. She's she's one of those people that if you can just be in a movie where you're anywhere near her, you get better, and she that makes job. you better because you don't act, you only react. So. If I had a plan for what I wanted to do in a scene, she obliterated that because with her performance, you're forced to just deal with what she's doing. And one of the most emotional scenes in the movie, which I won't give away, but you guys have seen it, the most emotional scene is when she finally breaks down. Um, I tell people all the time, that's the first and only take we did of that because what she did was so personal, vulnerable, primal in a way that I don't think any of us were prepared for. So if you go back and watch the movie again, which I know you all will, I mean, let's, let's be honest, everybody <laughs> wants <coughs> you'll see that all the actors in the scene have no idea what to do with the performance she gave us. It was, it was, it was more honest than any of us could have understood, and so I can't thank her enough for, for no, doing a performance like that.
2: That's so sweet, it was, um, it was uh, fun. <laughs>
3: Because when you break down, I think that's a pattern that I saw in people in hospitals, and, and it's amazing. It truly is.
2: Uh, well, well, thank you. But what 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 it was also through this whole film and my 14 days there uh, were uh, everything was about not thinking about what was going to happen. Uh, I think you said something, or Richards, I think you said something, and I said don't. No, yeah, I say
1: I've, I've read about the procedure. And I said think. don't,
2: yeah. I because I'm, I'm not going there, I don't want to hear about it, I'm not gonna, don't put that in my head. So uh, it was all about keeping it pushed down, pushed down, pushed down, being here, let's keep it like it always is, like our family always is, so that when that happened, it really happened. Uh, it's as simple as that.
0: Uh, Jeffrey Friedman from Road to Cinema. Uh, I was wondering what have you learned from working with other directors that has benefited you when you wanted to step up to the plate to be a filmmaker? Good Good question.
1: question. Um, One of the best parts about being an actor is that you get to just steal from all these great directors that you work (laughs) with. Um, And that's the truth. I, I... Um, starting in the office, uh, I was a waiter when I got the office. So when I got to, to the office, I truly believe that it is a lottery ticket life that I got. So I don't feel that I deserve it. I feel like I'm trying to deserve staying here. And in order to do that every second of every day, I was trying to learn and get better and watch these writers, how that writer's room worked, which was amazing, watch those directors. And then certainly moving into film, I, I learned from everybody, in particular, like, examples. I remember George Clooney telling me that two things. One, um, you can always make a bad movie out of a good script, but you can never make a good movie out of a bad script. So always choose your um, projects carefully. Make sure you love it. Make sure you're dedicated to it. Because you should be the best person for the job. If you're going to direct, you better be the best person for the job. Otherwise, there's no point in you directing. So that that was the choice I made for doing this. And then two was the best idea ends up on screen, no matter who it is. He said, I don't care if it's somebody who is closing up the studio at night and uh, tells you that he had an idea for why this particular scene would work better, take it. Because it's a, it's a team effort. Um, making film is a team sport. And everybody deserves that level of respect that if, if their idea is good enough, we're all in this together, it should end up on screen. So those are just few things that I take, but I'll uh, hopefully in the next job, next time I direct, I'll steal more stuff because I've, I've learned a lot from a lot of people. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, Joel
2: Murphy
0: from hobotrashcan.com. And uh, my question, she kind of touched on this about the, the comedy and the drama together. And I was curious how you struck that balance
1: and how you were able, because obviously when you have beautiful scenes like her breaking down, how do you balance that with the comedy without you know, sort of selling out the world or making the comedy too broad? No, that's a really good way to put it. Selling out the world, I hadn't heard that. That's really good. Um, I think that was the biggest fear, right, as a director, that you would not be able to achieve the execution that the writer did in his script. That's what we were trying to execute for me directing I give 90% of the credit to um, Jim because that script was so well-written and so specific. It's really just a roadmap. It's kind of like, just get there. He told you how to get there, so just get there. And then, two, I give 10% to the actors. They It, it, it took 22 days for us to shoot this movie. It would have taken me 22 years if I had to give a seminar on tone. So you, 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 you take um, <clears throat> actors that... When, when you offer actors parts, they usually will say, oh, I'll do it, but this scene I never liked, and can I change this direction of what my character is? And everybody here signed on and said, I'll do it. I know what this is, I'll do it. And so everybody in every scene was doing exactly what's real. They didn't say, like, here's my big comedy moment, and here's my big drama moment. They come from the same place, and I've always loved that about acting. It's very similar to what we did on The Office. You know, For the most part, I think, you like that show not because it's a comedy every week, you like that show because there was somebody crazy who worked next to you or your boss was a jackass or you were in love with someone at work. It's like you connect your own stuff to it. So, you know, Richard, Margot, Charlto, Charlie, everybody brought that, they knew the tone. And I will say a lot of us learn from each other. I know Charlto being one of the bigger characters was nervous about being too big. And he said, a lot of it was our conversations, but the other part was watching Richard and Margot work and you fit yourself into the world that the other actors create, which is beautiful.
3: Um, hi, I'm Alison Ronowitz uh, with Entertainment Voice. Um, so at the end of the film, we see um, your character, John, and uh, Anna Kendrick's character going off. and They seem to be ready to embrace parenthood.
1: Is there a sequel? You're better <laughs> <laughs> well, <a> nice question. <laughs> My question
3: <laughs>
0: for me, <laughs> um, how, how, how are um,
3: Ron and Don, how are Sally's, you know, husband and other son, how, how do you see
1: them faring? You know, do you think that they are able to kind of go on to progress, or do we see them reverting back to kind of their characters at the beginning of the film? What
2: do you think? Oh, I'm certain they, they progress, absolutely, I'm certain they do. And I'm certain my dear uh, Don gets married again.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm there kidding. Is he sequel. better not. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, uh, the sequel would be called Hollersers. It's like more, <laughs> more Hollersers. Um, I, I think that one of the, you know, again, I keep saying that this, this is real life. Jim writes hairpin turns between comedy and drama because that's how life happens, right? You don't get big buildups to emotional moments in your life, and you don't get long pauses when you tell a joke for everybody to laugh it just happens. And and so you have to live through those moments as they happen. I think what was one of the most powerful things about this is to see a matriarch realizing consciously or, or, or otherwise that there could be an end soon. And so she used this illness as a catalyst to bring her family together in a way that she wouldn't have been able to at like Thanksgiving or Christmas. You know what I mean? This is a bigger opportunity and she took it. And I think it is that very real bond that's beyond a conversation and goes much more to an emotional depth that she capitalized on. So that's why I feel that everybody will be okay, because we actually address very openly and very specifically a lot of our problems as a family. That doesn't get to happen in real life, but when it does, it's usually for a long time because those, let's be honest, those conversations are really hard to have. You don't just go to your brother and say, I think you're a screw up, I'd like to talk about it. <laughs> you just hope that they understand that they're lost and that they find their path. So. I always saw her character is always trying to put us back on the right track. That's right. And I think she puts us on the right track before she leaves. And then, um, and then uh, we'll stay on that track. I think it's always moving forward. Will there be new tracks and new offshoots? Potentially, but I think we're heading in the right direction because of what she did for us.
3: Hi. Um, I've got another question, which is, I know you have a very tight script, but was there any room for improvisation? mm
1: mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> uh, inopportune time to drink. Um, absolutely there was, and, and again, I needed the family to feel organic, and part of an organic family is jumping in with things that, that, um, you feel in the moment. So, uh, Margot has a bunch of great improv lines, one of which was the Rod Steiger line, which I loved. Um, <clears throat> she did it in the middle of the take, and I almost died laughing, and, <laughs> If you've watched outtakes from The Office, I'm not very professional. I will laugh. <coughs> I will laugh on camera anytime you want me to. Um, one of my favorite improvs was at the beginning of the movie when they're all watching reality television together. Um, they're obviously watching some Home Improvement show, and uh, and uh, Margot says, "No, not for that, not for that house, not that price." And Richard says, "I wouldn't even walk by that house." <laughs> You can't write good lines like that. That just has to spring from someone's head.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm Janet Walker. I'm Hi. with uh, HotLifestyle.com and the Entertainment Zone. Um, there's so many great moments in the film. They... In the hospital, uh, even before the hospital, but the hospital scenes—the shaving of the head—and and, mm-hmm. and w- you know, what were some of your most memorable moments f- throughout the, the the filming process, or or if you can narrow it to one? And since I'm the last person, what's next for the both of you? Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, my, uh, I think the my most memorable moment is that final, uh, final the the breakdown, but then the realization that my boys...
1: Oh dear boy. God. Here we go, Here we're go. criers. We, we are cry. not afraid to cry.
2: Are there for me, and that... Uh, and taking that love with me into that room is just... Um, uh, it was... Uh, it, 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 I really felt that. It really happened, and um, that's what I... That, that's my fondest memory of this and their beautiful
1: song. Boy, he'll make me cry again. God <laughs> damn it. Did
2: you want to finish? Oh, no. We were, she would
1: also ask what's next. For me, I'm doing Jack Ryan next for Amazon, which I'm really excited about. I'm taking on a uh, character that I've loved um, my whole life, both in books and movies. I heard some other actors did it, but um, <coughs> I'll find out who those guys are, I'll hunt them down. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm really honored to be a part of it. It's, it's uh, something that it's certainly a new, like I said, I want to do interesting and different stuff, and this is certainly different for me, so I'm excited.
2: And I'm doing a series for Amazon right now, uh, Brian Cranston's Creation and uh, Giovanni Rabisi and uh, Marin Ireland, me, and Peter Garrity. This press conference is sponsored by and, Amazon. And <laughs> it's called Sneaky Pete, and it will be dropped at the end of January. It's really good. Uh, have been so intertwined from the Marshall's commercial that you yes. guys in together. It, it was big. It was to, big. To Bojack <laughs> and then now to this. Have that has that been sort of like a reflective thing for both of you throughout this journey as actors and
1: I just—I asked if I could be on a show with character actress Margo Martindale, <coughs> and they—they they made me a talking horse. That's—that's that's what. That was that was Will Arnett's response.
2: I didn't know that.
1: I'm secretariat. I was secretariat in one episode. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's all Will Arnett, I think, for, for that. No, I've, I've wanted to work with Margo for a whole long time again. I mean, the best work <laughs> I ever did was in the Marshalls commercial, but uh, it was time to, to dust off those shoes and get back to the good stuff. <laughs>